The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. What's up, everybody? I'm Paul Hickey with NoOffSeason.com. Welcome to the Sports Card Strategy Show. On today's show, we're going to be talking about culture collision, card show strategies, NFL sell alerts, NBA trade deadline quick flip opportunities, baseball Hall of Fame announcement, card spikes and takeaways, and our audience QA. What's up, everybody? I'm Paul Hickey with NoOffSeason.com. This is the Sports Card Strategy Show brought to you by Graybo's Sports Cards. Graybo's Sports Cards is a local hobby shop owned by Gray Burnett, Ryan Fitz, and Duke Denny One-Time Dodson. They're located in the Arts District of Richmond, Virginia. Graybo's Sports, the best selection of raw and graded singles in the Mid-Atlantic and a wide variety of wax. Graybo's breaks on whatnot and or drip five nights a week. Listeners of Sports Card Strategy can receive a 10% discount from Graybo's on drip, whatnot, or their website at graybo's.co by entering the code STRATEGY2023. You can follow all of Graybo's news and updates on Instagram at graybo's underscore cards. Don't forget to get a free 30-day trial at NoOffSeason.com today to help you make money flipping sports cards, build your sports card investment portfolio, get unlimited advice from our experts, and take sports card school to navigate the hobby. That's NoOffSeason.com. Get your free 30-day trial today. All the data we use on the Sports Card Strategy Show is from MarketMoversApp.com. Use code NOOFFSEASON at MarketMoversApp.com to get 20% off for life after a free 14-day trial. All right, let's get to the Sports Card Strategy. What's up, everyone? My name is Connor Barnett. I'm have content at NoOffSeason.com. Right next to me, I have Paul Hickey. We're excited to be back with you guys live for another sports card strategy show after a fantastic weekend at Culture Collision. Um, however, I am a little bit worried about how Paul's weekend ended uh, with the Lions taking a tough loss to the San Francisco 49ers. I'm not the only one. Uh, so, Paul, how are we doing? You want to give a quick recap on your thoughts about the Lions game? Uh, Ryan Painter is also interested to hear how you're doing after that tough loss. Tough loss, tough loss. As a Detroit native, I'm actually from Rochester Hills, but we we all say we're from Detroit when we're talking to people who aren't necessarily from Michigan. So disclaimer from Rochester Hills, but grew up throwing temper tantrums as a little kid when the Lions would lose tough games at the end and uh, threw a lot of temper tantrums because we lost a lot. 
And uh, so I had, I've had zero expectations as a Lions fan for about 40 years and uh, was obviously very, very happy with how we did this season. But um, it felt like the same old Lions last night. It just felt like the same old Lions. Like we had that game one, 24 to seven at halftime. And it was very, I, for the first time in a while, I felt dejected. I, I felt that feeling like I felt as a little kid when I was just throwing temper tantrums in my bedroom and my dad had to come in and calm me down. And actually it's funny because my son, Max, who's 14, kept it together until, until Brock Purdy kneeled on it in the victory formation. And then he started throwing a temper tantrum of his own and I just went to bed. So, but I'm feeling much better today. I'm over it. I'm over it. As you know, us Lions fans, we've, we've been through a lot. So we, we know how to bounce back. Love that. I want to just ask one question. Shout out to my guy, Max Hickey as well for keeping it together. Love Max. I'm not the only one curious as to Dan Campbell's play calling and decision-making. Where did Bush and Messiah go says Dan Campbell isn't a playoff coach. Here's the question, Paul. So you guys kind of made it there throughout the season going for it frequently on fourth down. Do you like sticking to your guns there? Do you feel like you should have taken the points and that that could have changed the outcome? No, I hate it. I think it's stupid. I think it's stupid. And, And thanks to everybody in the live chat. I see all of you really appreciate all of you with the love. Um, no, I think it's stupid. I think, and, and like my, some of my best friends from, from high school and I are obviously on a, a bunch of tech strings together and they're pissed. They're pissed. Like my, you know, some of my best friends are, are definitely upset with Campbell for not take, not at least trying field goals under 50 yards when they could have made a difference in a, in a close game. And, you know, going for it on fourth down twice when there's no momentum going your way is a recipe for disaster. And that's what happened. And the Jameer Gibbs fumble was obviously not Dan Campbell's fault, but when you had, and, and neither were the dropped passes by Josh Reynolds. Those were, so, so those weren't Campbell's fault, but he can control what he can control and he can control not going for it on, on fourth and two and fourth and three in an away game. It's one thing if you're at Ford field, I think, but when you're, when you're at the 49ers and you've got Nick Bosa up your butt, um, and Chase Young up your butt. I mean, I just had and Fred Warner, fast as fast as hell. Um, just not a great, not a great coaching move. But you know, I think he he developed the reputation, and then I think sometimes when you got the momentum going in that direction, it's like maybe he felt like he had to live up to his reputation, which is stupid. So that's yeah. my take. Hot take. Love the take. Wanted to get the feedback from you there. Let's go ahead and hop into what we're going to discuss today. Uh, like I mentioned, myself and Paul were at Culture Collision this weekend. It was fantastic for me. I know Paul had a great time as well. We got to meet and see a lot of people. Uh, so we're going to do a recap on that. We're going to talk card show strategies and how to make profits while actually being at shows. We're going to talk about some NFL sell alerts, obviously some pretty big games uh, Yes, uh, yesterday afternoon and last night. Uh, NFL trade deadline, quick flip opportunities. Trade deadline is rapidly approaching. Um, and there's some guys that have been discussed to be on the move, so we're going to touch on those for you guys. we got the Baseball Hall of Fame announcements. We know who the inductees will be. Uh, so card spikes and takeaways from that. Uh, we've also got Dr. Crack hopping into the show to talk about how to make money uh, on baseball in the offseason. We've talked about now being the time to buy baseball, uh, but we're usually talking about prospects. So today we're going to bring a little bit different perspective for you guys and talk about an active MOB player uh, that we think you guys can make money on. Um, and then we're going to wrap things up with the Q and a, so guys be sure to drop, 
um, your questions in the live chat as well as your L's and W's. We will answer and shout you guys out at the end of the show. Also, if you guys are loving the content that we're putting out on a daily slash weekly basis, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe on youtube.com slash Paul Hickey. It helps us out a ton and gives us the opportunity to keep doing what we are doing. All right, there's a lot of you guys getting busy in the live chat, uh, which we absolutely love to see. So let's go ahead and uh, take a look at who we've got this afternoon. We've got one Galaxy Germ. Thanks for being here. we got Shane Graham, Greeny Green, Ryan Painter, Ron Blankenship. Thanks for being here, Ron. we got Cleo Cards, Cleveland, Ohio, baby. Randy Ferguson, Jonathan Vince says, you don't usually get to check out this live. Love it. Thanks for being here. Barry Siff, our guy Barry. Tom DiCaprio may or may not be related uh, to DiCaprio himself. We got Southern Soccer Idiot SSI. We got Greeny Green, uh, A Webb, as well as Brad Smith, Rusty Amagart, Joel Kaplan, Justin Stewart, and the Cardboard Corner. You guys are popping off. Absolutely love to see it. Uh, Paul, let's go ahead and hop right into things. Uh, you can go and kick things off with some culture collision talk uh, and some takeaways and thoughts from there. Yeah, just want to echo the live chat love real quick. Love seeing Greeny Greeny Green, OG Greeny Green. Love seeing Tom DiCaprio, Ron Blankenship, everybody. Um, I'm not going to name everyone that Connor just named, but great to see all of you. Southern Soccer Idiot, my guy. All right, so Culture Collision. Uh, it was my second year at Culture Collision. First time as a vendor. Really the first time that I've set up as a, a vendor at any card show. I mean, I technically... We had a booth at the National, thanks to Tim Larson last year, but we weren't able to sell cards there. So it was really more of a corporate situation where we created content and helped bring people into Tim's booth. But uh, so second year at Culture Collision, it's actually my one year anniversary with Mosaic Joe. He and I were joking around about that. It's our one year anniversary. We met there last year and when I bought his Tyrese Maxey rookie ticket auto PSA 10 and he told me he was an avid listener to the pod while he was farming so then we hit it off from there um so shout out to Mosaic Joe by the way his win of the year was Mike Evans he wrote an article for nooffseason.com on Mike Evans being a buy heading into this past NFL season and he nailed it so he pointed he reminded me of that um when we were hanging out at Culture Collisions but um Culture Collision big show love it my takeaway is briefly, it has the best cards to the least amount of people ratio of any card show I've ever been to. So many, many card shows have great cards, but typically when you have great cards at a big show like that, it's hard to walk around. It's hard to get around. It's hard to look at the showcases. It's hard to spend time really talking and negotiating with the dealers. And it's hard to go through the dollar boxes and the value boxes. For those of you who haven't been to card shows, we'll kind of define some of those terms throughout this show because we're going to get into card show strategies a little bit on this show. And Connor and I are talking about doing a lot more card show strategy-related content throughout the year at nooffseason.com. But Culture Collision, phenomenal show. Shout out to Prism God, uh, Raphael Mosley, who puts it all together. And I believe his wife helps him with that. They do an amazing job. All the staff is super friendly. Everyone there is super friendly. It is like... Very, very welcoming show. There's a three-on-three -three basketball tournament right there in the middle of it, which is pretty cool. Um, so we could go on and on about the show itself, but I think my biggest takeaway is that it just has phenomenal cards, and not every show does. Like the National last year, great show. You're never going to be disappointed in the National, but you're not always able to get the cards that you're looking for for, for the prices that you want. 
And man, we had some good prices at Culture Collision this year. So before we get into the details, though, I've got a long list of shout outs, Connor. So I'm going to go through them real fast. Love it. Our guy, Austin, who bought my Drew Jones autos, said he would audit the SHIT out of our podcast and that we would val- we would get more value from that than the price that he paid for my Drew Jones cards. So Austin, where are you, brother? Email me at paul at nooffseason.com. Give me that value. Dustin, sports card dad, love you. Met him face-to-face. Many of you might be familiar with his YouTube channel, The Sports Card Dad. Great guy. Great guy. I'd love to partner more with him and collab with him. Mac Gamble, who's Mac Collectibles on IG, another phenomenal human being. Great to meet him. Yeah, he's with the Graybos crew a little bit because he's in Richmond, Virginia. By the way, Connor did an amazing job capturing a lot of content at Culture Collision. And so you're going to hear from all these people that I'm naming, from most of them actually, uh, throughout 2024 right here on the nooffseason.com sports card network. The Krim brothers, Chase and Cody, Texas Roadshow Shop. Jordan, a vendor who gave Connor two Masters ball markers. This is the kind of people that are at Culture Collision. Just giving Connor two free ball markers from the Masters. Our new friends from Tennessee, Luke, Clint, and I thought Clint's wife's name is Jennifer. But I could be totally wrong on that. Um, of course, our guys Duke, Cole, and Seto from Graybos. Our guy Maddox Yost, M.PokeyWorld on IG. We did a deal with Card Collector 2, Ryan Johnson. Uh, we've met like 14 times, and I can't tell if he wants to punch me in the face or if he thinks I'm okay at life. But shout out Card Collector 2. Our guy Mosaic Joe, Buckeye Dill, Paul Schmitz. Big shout out for getting us all together for dinner and basically being a sports card strategy show team member at our booth all weekend. That was great. His guy, Mark Aram of sports talk radio somewhere in Atlanta. And uh, you could check out more details on our IG account to get more information on Mark, but he was a great guy. Bought an amazing Ronald Acuna one of one. Um, James and his wife from Utah, three H collectibles on IG. We'll talk a little bit more about this in a second. Um, Zach Nygut and teapot from market movers. Okay, Chris Kelsey from Nash Cards. Love that guy. Love that guy. Amazing. We walked up to his table and he looked and he looks at me and he goes, You and I made a trade three years ago. You traded me mega cracks when you were visiting from Spain, like a Ronaldo and a Messi. And I traded you like a baseball card. And I said, Yeah, it was a Nick Castellanos auto, Tops Chrome. Can't believe. He just immediately knew that we made that trade. Love that guy. Um, and definitely last, but definitely not least, CGC Cards. CGC Cards was really the only, the, literally the only card grading company that showed up. So one of, the, one of the top shows in the country, Culture Collision. CGC Cards, we love them. We think that spending $12 per card on grading your PC cards Adam Rotler, I love you. Thanks for the feedback on IG, but I'm not recommending people grade cards with CGC for flipping purposes. I never will. That's for PSA. Maybe, maybe, maybe in really, really niche situations for SGC, 
But just clarification, if you've heard me talk about CGC cards on our last few shows, I do love them. I think there's a lot of value proposition there. We do have a relationship. They are sponsoring the NoOffSeason.com Sports Card Network. I'm never going to steer you in the wrong direction, guys, for grading your cards. I'm never going to tell you to do something that I'm not doing. But I do think CGC cards at $12 a card has great slabs, high, 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 high quality graders. There's a difference when I say high quality graders and secondary market resale value. PSA, secondary market resale value all day long. CGC, not yet. Definitely not yet. Maybe three to five years from now. Anyway, but shout out CGC cards. They were there. You could go right there on a computer. Fast internet, by the way, at Culture Collision. That doesn't happen at many card shows. And you could go right there on site and submit your grading submissions. And they've got a deal, $12 a card. So check that out. Um, I see Justin Stewart in the live chat. Only two days left. That's a great call to action, actually, Justin. Thank you. Only two days left on the PSA special at $15 a card. Great call. And, and for clarification on that, you should be able to print your order slips. As long as you print your order slips by January 31st, you should get that deal. Um, it doesn't mean that you have to put your cards in the mail by January 31st. So that's there, there's a little bit of extra time, but Justin's right. 48 hours, basically, when we do our show on Wednesday, that's going to be the last call to action uh, before that. You know, you got to get those order slips printed out um, at psacard.com. So anyway, great, great time at Culture Collision. Connor, you want to get into some card show strategies or do you have anything else you want to add about the show in general? <clears throat> Uh, we'll get to a little bit of my recap in a minute, but I want to give one more shout out to our guy, Michael Buchanan, uh, who recognized our table. He's a, he's a newly premium subscriber guy, uh, came and said, hello, actually had, uh, I knew Buchanan through his brother who I actually used to work at a golf course where he was a member at. So it was a crazy kind of, uh, tie it all in together type thing. Shout out to him for coming to say hello, being super nice. Uh, just everyone that we met there was incredible. Uh, a lot of really nice people. I'll give a, a little bit more of an in-depth breakdown once we get to it, but, um, I was I had a great time with Paul in general. We did a, a lot of communicating, a lot of strategy talk, deep strategy talk, honestly. Um, and, and some of that was just how to be successful at card shows. And Paul, I thought you absolutely killed it. Uh, and I think I did pretty well, too. So we'll start off with you and some of your strategies uh, and how you did at this show. Yeah, sounds good. Like it's been a feel thing for me and it's been hard to talk to the audience on this show about card show strategies. And it's even been a little bit challenging for me to articulate it on the overflow show. A lot of our premium members at nooffseason.com have asked great questions on the overflow show about card show strategies. And so we really want to get into it a lot more this year at nooffseason.com for the premium members and the listeners of the sports card strategy show. But I will say uh, I've got a few bullet points here. I think the most important thing to do in terms of setting yourself up for successful card show transactions. Number one would be don't go in looking only for specific players or cards. And this is interesting because that's a bit counterintuitive considering what we normally talk about on the sports card strategy show and at nooffseason.com. Typically, we're all about the right card for the right player at the right time. And we're laser focused on telling you exactly what those players are, who those players are and what those cards are. But I think if you do this, at a card show, you get tunnel vision and then you miss opportunities. So you need to go into a card show armed with all of your knowledge from your overall research that you do online before card shows. 
And you need to simply have an open mind about looking for any opportunities related to your knowledge base about the market in general. Sometimes even that's the vintage market. And sometimes that's even a sport that you would never consider buying online, an athlete that you would never consider buying online. And I'll get, get into some of my examples here uh, as we move along with Connor. But um, next would be follow uh, kind of a negotiating tactic. Like, I think sometimes first-time card show goers are a little bit nervous in terms of, do I need to pay sticker price? Is this like a store? Can I negotiate? Am I going to offend the dealer? Those kinds of things are natural. And it's taken me probably 20 card shows over the last three or four years before I kind of got my bearings and, and felt comfortable. But just a simple, how's it going? Moving much product so far? You know, those kinds of questions to the dealer, the dealers appreciate that. And what's interesting too is it's almost like you want to you wanna send something their way to bait them a little bit into figuring out what kind of personality do they have? Because if you drop a like, hey man, how's it going? Moving much product so far and you get nothing, you might, that might be an indicator that, that you might not be able to make a deal with that person. But if, if they're interacting with you and they're friendly, there's a good chance you can dive into their stuff. And so then what you would do if they are friendly, I think you pick a showcase. Okay, man, what you got on that one, right? And you point to the card and then they're going to they're gonna have a conversation about the card. You're putting them on the spot. They're looking at their sticker price. They're going to come down off the sticker immediately and, and then say, what's the lowest you can go on that? And then after they, after they give you the lowest they can go on that, you check your phone for recent comps. That is okay etiquette these days. It might not have been three or four years ago, but that is acceptable etiquette now to jump on your phone because they're going to do the same thing because the market changes minute by minute. So then while you're both doing that, then you make an offer. Then you make an offer and you want to lowball that offer because you know they're going to bring it back up. So you want to lowball that offer. They're not going to be offended by that. And you want to do the same thing with a value box, maybe with the same vendor. You want to pick a value box, ask them how they're pricing them, and then you want to go through the same process. Why? Because if you can pair together a card from their showcase that you genuinely want, bring down the price in a negotiation, then go into a value box and do the same thing, then you can get even more money off the full bundle. So you're talking about Patrick Mahomes and Jake from State Farm with the bundle on this one, Connor. What do you think? Yeah, I totally agree. I think one of the important things that you said there uh, was, well, it was all important, to be fair. Let me let me clarify. It was all important. A lot of good tips there. But some a key takeaway for me is is finding vendors that uh, are nice and like want to talk to you because otherwise you might not be able to make a deal. And it works from both sides, right? So we were all we were a vendor and we also spent time walking around. Uh, and there's so much upside to being friendly and nice to people from both ends of the spectrum. If you're a vendor, uh, people just want to keep coming back day after day, especially if it's a several day show. Like if you make a deal with them, they're gonna want to come back. They want to be around people that are nice and friendly. Uh, and the same thing for people that you're buying from. If you if you buy from them uh, for a certain price one day and you're really nice and you come back to the table, they will remember who you are and they will be willing to cut you a deal at that point. So uh, it's just important to be personable. Have a good time at the show. Everyone, I won't say everyone, but a large majority of the people that you meet are incredibly nice. Uh, it kind of restored some, some of my faith in humanity, you could say. But um, yeah, just my takeaway there is like, just be a good person and want to talk to people, have time, talk, have fun talking to people. That's what the show's for. And uh, it, it'll kind of put good energy out there for you.
Totally agree. Culture Collision nailed it two years in a row. And there's going to be another one, apparently. I got an email today that there's another one in September. So I'll have to seriously consider us going back in September because great people definitely not only culture collision restoring my faith in humanity, but the sports card strategy show audience, all of you, I am not just saying this. You all have restored my faith in humanity, especially in the hobby, because when I got back in the hobby in late 2020, early 2021, I got shredded on like Reddit forums, just trying to learn stuff. Um, but when I started interacting with all of you on the sports card strategy show, you guys all definitely restored my faith in humanity as well. So Connor, I agree. I think those, those micro interactions are very important. And, um, and I think, uh, one last shout out again, we, we talked about him earlier in my quick shout outs. I mentioned Maddox Yost, uh, M world, but he was at our table. We learned a lot from him. So for everybody who doesn't know, um, Maddox is 17 years old and, uh, he's a senior in high school and there are, uh, a lot of people like him in the hobby who are amazingly smart entrepreneurs and they know how to essentially, I would say, leave meat on the bone for everybody as a nice way of putting it, Connor, um, to be able to flip sports cards successfully at these, at these card shows and, There'll be probably more on this to come. There's not enough time in today's episode, but I would say, how much were we enamored by Maddox and what his his crew were doing? Just just comment on that real quick. It was extremely impressive, um, and one of the main reasons is because of the I would say the the mean average of age for the folks that were associated with the strategies that Maddox uh, implies on a regular basis to quote unquote yoast someone uh, and make profits in the in the sports card flipping at shows. It's really impressive to watch. Uh, they definitely like different strategies from what we do, but there's key takeaways from both sides. So we're definitely like on our own looking to see if we can implement things to, as per usual, we're always trying to improve our strategies too. So Maddox is extremely successful. He's 17 years old, running around with some kids that had to be between 12 and 14, uh, making some serious cash. So it was impressive to watch. It was insightful. Uh, we definitely learned a lot and we're, we're diving into it on our own, figuring out how we can bring some of that information towards you guys so that you guys can uh, be more successful. I also wanted to mention uh, you were talking about just the no offseason audience. It was great for me to be able to, to get together with the guys at Graybo's, Duke Dodson and his crew. Uh, the Krim brothers were fantastic. Shout out Buckeye Dill. Shout out Mosaic Joe. Everyone was just awesome. Literally, we got the best group of people to be around. I felt bad because we had a dinner together and uh, I hadn't slept. So I was a little bit uh, just out of the conversation. So sorry, boys, for my lack of presence there. But man, overall, those guys were freaking awesome. I had a fantastic time. We've got some of the best uh, grouping around us that you could possibly have. So, um, but let's hop into who you actually bought, what your best and worst moves were over at Culture Collision Ball. Yeah, sounds great. And actually, real quick before I do that, I do want to give a shout out to uh, some other people in in the live chat. So, Craig's Cards Eleven, what's up, Mister T? Good point. Mister T says, technically, the PSA package should be postmarked by the end of the month. Don't know how strict they are on that. Eric Stefano, what's up? Justin Stewart, we're going to get to his question about uh, why Connor's face is not on any of the links on our site. Get that eye candy up there. Um, that made me think, Connor, probably not a big deal that you didn't say any words during our dinner. At least I got to look at your face. George <laughs> Schurer, Jay Benz, Jonathan Benz talking about don't cross a Wikipedia editor related to Reddit. Yeah, good call on that. And then AWeb, uh, good stuff. So anyway, okay, Connor, what did I buy 
what were my best moves? So as a, I'm going to go, what did I buy as a vendor? Because as a first time vendor, it's different than walking around. And I will encourage any of you. And it's interesting because like, I know a lot of you actually like Craig, Craig's Cards 11. We're going to set up next to Craig's Cards 11 at the Nash Dashinal on March 8th through 10th. So check us out there if you want. And shout out to Card Snatcher, Elena. I know, Connor, you met her there. So maybe we'll see her there again. SSI and I met face-to-face there. Um, Marty Neal and I met face-to-face there. Setting up as a vendor, which probably any of those people can attest to, is different because you get better opportunities. And I was not anticipating this, but... I picked up a, a 2023 Panini Chronicles Optic Rated Prospect Arch Manning Auto that apparently comes out of National Treasures Collegiate. So it's super weird. It's a so it's a Don Russ Optic Rated Prospects Auto Arch Manning. That's the brand, but it's Panini Chronicles, which I thought it came out of Chronicles. But it came out of National Treasures, and it's a pretty sick card. I picked this up for $200, and recent comps, guys, is much closer to $300. So that's benefit of being a vendor. Another benefit of being a vendor is picking up cards like Connor Knows What's Coming Next because we talked a lot about this. So these four cards, one is a Shadur Sanders gold out of 50. Another is a Caleb Williams out of 75. These are all from 2023 Bowman U Chrome football. One is a Caleb Williams base auto. And one is a Jordan Whittington, full disclosure, had no idea who this was, red out of five first. Uh, did some research. Connor helped me do some research on the fly at our table about Jordan Whittington. Could be as high as a third round pick, red out of five. Okay, so what did I do here? So Basically, the the seller of the cards came up to the table and he said, I'm just looking to get rid of these cards. I just want to get rid of these cards and I want to go buy some Georgia Bulldogs autographs. And uh, I said, well, are you sure you want to just get rid of them because I'll make you a low ball offer if that's the case. And he's like, yeah, that's fine. No, no, no problem. So I got the, so the Caleb Williams comps at about 160, uh, the auto. The Shadur Sanders out of 50 comps pretty pretty close to that, just under that. This uh, out of 75, Caleb Williams, which is a non-first. Both of those are non-firsts. Uh, Shadur is a first, but the both both of the Calebs are non-first because his first were in 2022. Comp, uh, the Shadur comps at about um, 100. So you've got two cards that comp at about 160, one card that comps at about 100. And then the Jordan Whittington, we don't know, but it's a red out of five. There's no comps. We think 20 bucks on that is the is the, is the the max for that card, potentially, unless he just ridiculously pops off. Made him a $160 cash offer and he accepted it. So I basically bought, um, this is the kind of stuff that happens at card shows, guys. Everybody's happy with it, but you get you could get $450 worth of cards if you play your cards right, no pun intended. For $160. So, so that was by far the best move I made as a vendor. Chase Krim gave me a couple good deals on these Brawny James firsts. One's a purple out of $399. One's an X-Fractor. Um, a youngster made a good deal with me. I got this Michael Penix Jr. Big Kahuna 
for about 220 or 230. It's out of 150. Comp's closer to 300. Um, I'm not going to talk about everything I made, but then I'll, so those are my kind of my vendor moves. Now my, my patron moves walking, walking around, going around to all the tables. Um, I picked up one, two, three, four, five, six cards, a Travis Hunter, SGC 10 Bowman Chrome first purple out of 399 Shadur Sanders, SGC 10 refractor base, non-auto Jackson Arnold, 10, 10 auto, uh, first, and two Riley Leonard autos. One's a refractor SGC 9510. Those are this is a first out of 2023 Bowman Chrome U. One is a non-refractor, but it's a 1010. And then last but not least, the Shadur Sanders SGC 10 Aqua Refractor out of 150 out of 2023 Bowman U Chrome Football. All six of those cards for just over $200, which let's just say that was a massive, massive savings under recent comps. And then just real quick to round out my purchases, Drake Lund this is the this is the kind of card that I want you guys to try to look for at a card show. But pick your own version of this because these are the kinds of cards that it's hard to get a deal on online. So 2022 National Treasures Stars and Stripes Hollow Silver, which comes out of first off the line. And so what I did on this one, guys, is this is why it's important to talk to the vendors because I didn't know why this card was different. Why couldn't I find a comp for this card and what, why this card was different from just a regular national treasures. So I just asked the dealer, like what's the difference between a hollow silver stars and stripes and just a regular auto out of 25. Cause these are out of 25 a rookie patch auto on card Drake London. And this is a BGS eight. And they said, well, it's first off the line. You can only get them in the first off the line hobby boxes. So I did a little bit of research on this, made an offer at 260. They didn't want to go below 300. Recent comps were right around there. And I like Drake London. I like Drake London right now. I'm not going to go uh, flag plant. I'm not going to flag plant on this show or at nooffseason.com, but I do like Drake London um, in January, late January 2024 for a guy who can potentially have an improved quarterback going into 2024 and maybe get some preseason hype and then sell before September. Um, and then real quick, other cards that you kind of probably won't get good deals on online, OB Toppin, Rookie Ticket Auto, Red Prism Auto 149, SGC 9510, um, and Sumu, uh PSA 10, Contenders Optic Rookie Ticket Auto Variation Red. Those two cards for 80 bucks. Um, that's like nothing for those two cards. And I got Connor Adarius Garland uh PSA 10 base prism in that deal um for ten dollars. So 90. And then last but not least, preview of a strategy that we're gonna write about later on this year at nooffseason.com. The 32 backup quarterbacks, once we know who they are going into the 2024 NFL season, I believe two of these guys will be two of the 32 that we might want to look at buying low. Got this Stetson Bennett SGC 10, Don Russ 2023 red press proof for 20, and this Drew Locke 2019 select prism silver BGS 9.5 for 10 bucks. So all of those are under comps. That's what you need to do at a card show. I know that was a lot, but uh, Connor, 
uh, why don't you take over and uh, let us know your best and or worst moves and just kind of how, how, like, do you feel different as a human being after, after making the transactions at your, your first, it's not your first card show, but the first one that you actually went in and made, made some transactions at. Sure. Yeah. Um, do I feel different slightly? And here's why I spend so much time behind the computer screen doing research on comps, market analysis, uh, staying up to date, making sure we're, we're seeing the best opportunities and things like that. And you do the same, Paul. So like getting out there and seeing those things happen in live time uh, was definitely interesting for me. And I also am a changed man because uh, I did a, if you guys watch the deep dives, we often do, uh, we often did $1,000 budget builders. Well, this weekend for me was a $500 budget builder that was powered by nooffseason.com. Uh, and I'd like to think I didn't make any bad plays uh, the weekend. I only picked up three purchases, so let's hop right into them. The first being Ja Morant, uh, 2019 Prism Silver PSA 10, that rookie card. Uh, this was a card that I had pitched uh, before he came back uh, from his suspension as something to buy and potentially sell uh, with an auction or something like that ending when the first game started just because we don't want to risk things uh, in case he got back into trouble. Uh, at the time, I was the card was selling between about $450 and $500. Um, and the reason that I wanted you guys to sell uh, before that, because we didn't want to wait and see uh, what happened to him. And we were right, because he got injured. He's out for the year now. But that has presented us with another opportunity to buy him. Cards down a little bit more. It's kind of selling between $400 and $450. I picked mine up uh, for $350. And the same night that I picked it up, it sold for $625 online. Um, obviously, this looks like it was a bit of an anomaly at $625. But... Uh, typically comping between that $400 and $450 mark. I got a good deal on it, and I believe it will be above $600 uh, consistently when the 2024-2025 NBA hype cycle hits. My mid-tier card was a Caleb Williams 2020 Bowman Chrome Prospects PSA 10 base, non-auto. I got this thing for $60, bucks, either $60 or $65. Got it because we got that clear sell marker, um, and this is a good card to be buying right now. Uh, because it's down 40% the last 30 days. So it's a good time to buy. I got the clear sell marker being the NFL draft, expecting some healthy profits there. And then the bottom end, Paul mentioned it, that $10 Darius Garland Prism Base PSA 10 pickup. Not expecting a ton of growth out of this one, but 10 bucks for a guy that we think uh, can be a legitimate star in the league and will be a top guard in the league uh, within a couple of years. It's a good time to buy him now with injury. His market is down. Um, his market's actually down. Or Also, I wanted to point out from the, this is why I want to point out this card. I got the base, but I think people should be looking at the Prism Silver PSA 10. Why? Because it just sold for $71, uh, down 17% the last 60 days. I think $71 for the PSA 10 of Darius Garland is an absolute steal. Paul, where are you at on that on that Prism Silver call? I'm with you. It's dirt cheap. It's almost too cheap to pass up. And there's not that much that really needs to happen for that card to go up significantly at this point. I mean, Darius Garland has proven that he's capable of having massive games. Um, just a couple things need to happen. I mean, he needs to come back from injury, work his way back. That could take, you know, like he could come back and start playing well, but, um, it might not pop off right away. Right. And I think, you know, another thing is like Donovan Mitchell, you know, he's got to have an off night. He's got to give Darius the ball a little bit. Darius has to be a little bit more aggressive. Maybe Donovan Mitchell moves teams in the long run or in the intermediate run. So I don't know that that card would necessarily... I'm not saying that there's necessarily a sell marker for that card that is imminent, but I do think it's a great card to buy at what should be its floor and then just simply hold until 
there's a performance spike because I think surely there's a performance spike in his future. And he's kind of like, it's the similar to the Cam Thomas play that I've made a couple times over the last couple of years where it's like, this guy is going to put up 40 at some point and this card is just too dirt cheap for this. And so that silver prism PSA 10 for Darius Garland that you mentioned, I think fits that. And I, I really, really like that as an opportunity. We're all about finding opportunities for you and finding opportunities is something that Connor and I focus on pretty much all day, every day. And we're bringing that to you in the sports card strategy show and no offseason.com. And I think that's a great one, Connor. Yeah. And something else I wanted to keep in mind for Darius Garland is we've talked about, you know, Mitchell potentially being on the move and how they don't necessarily mesh well together. A lot of times you'll see NBA teams looking to move one of the guys that plays a similar position as the other, if they're both ball dominant stars uh, and, it, and it just isn't quite working out. Well, what if they decide to keep Donovan Mitchell and move Darius Garland uh, to try and get some pieces there? You know, I, I would imagine that DG almost has more trade value because of his age. Uh, mm -hmm. And there would be a lot of contenders looking for guys that aren't uh, heavy shooters like Donovan Mitchell is. So Darius Garland is an elite playmaker, elite for, floor general. So he could go to a contender. We could see a bump from uh, the trade. And then we could see him on a contender where his card market spikes because he's in a bigger market uh, and starts playing really well and contend for a championship at that point. So just something else to keep in mind in terms of the Darius Garland market. There. I would love that. Apologies to Gary at Hoops and Cards and our guy Ryan Painter in Cleveland. But I would love if Darius Garland got traded because I think he has Steph Curry capabilities and Steph Curry vibes for sure. So I... I would love to see DG in a situation where he could just be the guy. And Greeny Green looks like he agrees with us in terms of he just says in the live chat here, Garland and Mobley are way too low right now. I, I totally, I totally agree that um, even even a guy like Evan Mobley who's been injured, correct? So there could be a sell marker for DG and Mobley just simply when they come back. But I think the card that Connor's talking about is probably worth holding. The silver PSA 10 probably worth holding until there's an actual performance spike. So, Connor, before we move to the next uh, topic here, I just want to shout out Michael Minnick. Hello from Germany. Been collecting NBA cards since the 90s, and I'm now planning to return to the hobby with the ambition to have fun and make profit flipping sports cards. You know what's interesting about this, Connor? This is exactly me three years ago. Almost four years ago, Michael. So welcome to the nooffseason.com family. You have found your new family, my friend. We are here exactly for these reasons, to have fun and make profit flipping sports cards. So please feel free to ask us any questions. Check out all of our content. And uh, we want to keep keep you a, a strong part of the family. So, Connor, what do we got next, man? Yep, echo all of that for Michael. Uh, we're going to talk NFL sell alerts next. Um, obviously, pretty big weekend, exciting weekend. Uh, of football to figure out who is going to be participating in the Super Bowl this year. I think a lot of America was upset maybe uh, with the outcomes of the games, but that's not what we're concerned about. We're concerned about uh, how we can make money on the guys that played in the game. So, Paul, let's go ahead and hop into who you should be selling right now uh, if you're holding them at this point in the season. Yeah, and thanks to you for your research on this too, by the way, because all this data is not only courtesy of marketmoversapp.com. Use the promo code NOOFFSEASON to save 20% after your free 14-day trial. But it's courtesy of Connor the Unicon, the Unicon artist, the artist, Connor Barnett. Uh, Christian McCaffrey. I mean, look, we've we've talked about Christian McCaffrey like almost every week as a sell. But you got to sell him now. You got to sell him now. He's made it to the Super Bowl. And he what a beast. What an absolute beast. I mean... 
you know, had he not landed on his head, uh, Elijah Mitchell wouldn't have vultured that what it would have been his third touchdown in uh, the NFC championship game. So what, what an amazing performance, but I mean, his 2017 prism silver PSA 10 is up 21.3% over the last seven days. So it's like, we told you to sell McCaffrey so many times and that's because we're a little risk averse. Cause we didn't know if he was going to get injured or lose and stuff like that. But if you held him or if you picked him up recently, he's up 21.3% over the last seven days. And that's 11 sales of this liquid 2017 prism silver PSA 10. So Christian McCaffrey, for sure. Connor, you, uh, you, you obviously agree with me on that one. Cause you did the research, but uh, what, what else you got? Who are you, who are you recommending that people sell right now? Well, real quick, another, another hit on uh Christian McCaffrey, um, discussing why we're so maybe averse uh, to holding on to McCaffrey right now. We talk a lot about moving skill position players just because they're more risky to hold. Here's evidence of that. If you look at 2020, McCaffrey played three games. 2021, he played just seven games. Obviously, uh, played a full season pretty much in back-to-back years. But even this year, he was banged up and played through injury. You know, So uh, if you look at the average tenure of running backs, it's very, very short relative to other position players in the game. Uh, so be cautious. Get those cards moved. You got upside. And I want to ask you before we hop into our next one, Paul, for people that are holding players that are advancing to the Super Bowl, what does the selling situation need to look like in terms of how long their auction should be to capitalize on Super Bowl hype to get rid of them before the game starts? Great question. I would do an auction that ends on game day. I would do an auction that ends on game day. And so I'd do, I would make it a, you could make it a seven day auction if you want. You can make it a 10-day auction if you want. Uh, I probably wouldn't shorten it to a five-day auction just because I think there's so much hype right now. And, uh, I mean, I wish eBay had a 14-day auction, <laughs> but I haven't seen that. So I would do a 7 or a 10, and I would time it out so that it ends right on Super Bowl Sunday, right before the game starts. There's just so many storylines. And so, you know, for a guy like McCaffrey, I mean... His dad played in the NFL. I believe his dad played in Super Bowls. I haven't fact-checked myself on that. But uh, I think his dad, if his dad played in Super Bowls, he probably won two Super Bowls. So I just doubled down on on not really knowing what I'm talking about. But I, I think I could be correct on Ed McCaffrey winning two Super Bowls with John Elway. I have no idea. But um, anyway, I, whether or not his dad won Super Bowls, his po- point is there's going to be storylines around this guy. He won three. So he's going to... Okay, Ed McCaffrey won three? Three. Thank you. 95, 98, 99. That's why we got the Unicon on board to fact check on the fly. I love it. I love it. Thanks, Connor. So there's that. So you can bet on that storyline. So I used to work in the sports media, right? So I understand how these storylines come in, and I can guarantee you you're going to see Ed McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey, storyline crazy. They, the media go and the PR people go all in on what can we find. And it's going to be two weeks starting now of just massive, massive media coverage, which is why even, you know, for sure it's because he's a running back. For sure it's because he's going to be in the – MVP conversation for sure. It's because his dad won three Super Bowls and he could win his first here. Um, it's just the time to get those auctions started, but I would wait till seven to 10 days before kickoff and then just end those auctions right at kickoff, man. Yeah. And speaking of big time news storyline, someone that has been 
uh, in the news uh, with our significant other for nauseating reasons to the to the eyes of many uh, NFL watchers is is Travis Kelsey. He's another guy you guys should be selling right now. He had 11 catches for 116 yards of the touchdown uh, in that game against the Ravens. He has three touchdowns in the last two playoff games, and his graded market is up almost 14 percent over the last two weeks. Um, and his top space PSA nine is up 80% almost in the last 30 days with 41 sales. So it's pretty liquid and it's up almost 70% the last two weeks. Guys, we're going to see more media attention for Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift in the next two weeks, unfortunately, than we'd like to see. And all it's going to do is fuel those auctions. So make sure to get Travis Kelsey moved. I don't know how much I believe in the Chiefs this year. I know they're in the Super Bowl, but man, they're just not as good as they were in previous years. They could lose that game and you could be risking some serious upside that you've seen from Travis Kelsey uh, from a strong playoff run from them there. Wait a minute. So you're nauseated by it? Like you don't like it? You don't like totally all Totally the... nauseated. Disgusting. Let us know in the comments below. Are you nauseated by the Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey situation? Or does it not bother you? But uh, Travis Kelsey, let me say this. I think that if you're just entering the hobby or if you've, if you've only been trying to flip sports cards for like, say less than a year, I think you need to listen to Connor and everything Connor just said related to Travis Kelsey. You absolutely have to sell Travis Kelsey if you own him and you need to fade all things, Travis Kelsey, if you don't own him, because you could get caught up in this, Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift, soup, you know, back-to-back Super Bowls. He's on every single freaking commercial. Like, Travis Kelsey is going to be in your subconscious for the next at least two to three weeks. If they win the Super Bowl, he's going to be in your subconscious for like the next six months because he's going to do even more talk show appearances. He's going to do even more on social media more commercials, more Taylor Swift. He might be on, who knows? He might be on a Taylor Swift song. Maybe he goes on tour with Taylor Swift. It's going to be ridiculous. So what you don't need to get caught up in is you don't need to get caught up in thinking, I'm going to hold all my Travis Kelsey cards or I'm going to buy into Travis Kelsey because he's like going to be the best tight end of all time and he's going to be a Hall of Famer and you know I'm going to want to snatch up all the Travis Kelseys. No. His market will plummet. It will be nothing a year from now. The only thing that will sustain his market is if he does retire early and if he does get announced to the Hall of Fame. Those will be the only things... Well, he will be a Hall of Famer, but when he gets announced to the Hall of Fame, those will be the only things that will sort of like bump his market or sustain it. But other than that, it's going down to the right. Pretty hardcore, guys. So I would just say like, fade Travis Kelsey. It's probably going to be a long, long journey of just kind of like slowly dipping and then plateauing and then dipping again, and then maybe a little spike and then dipping and then plateauing again. He's just, he is at the pinnacle. He is at the crescendo. So you need to sell now, get out. You can always get back in. If you like him, if you PC him, why not take the cash and then get back in like eight years from now when his cards cost like nothing. So I agree with you on Travis Kelsey. Yeah. A lot of good addition uh, from our guy, Paul there real quick. It sounds like, I mean, you guys have some, some vocal voices over in the chat right now. Our guy Kurt <laughs> right. has following us on X says, I agree with Connor and most of you guys seem to be on the same page with me. However, Barry Siff, our guy, Barry, great supporter, awesome guy brings a different perspective that has some good value to it. And 
it's something to consider says entertained by the swifty stuff and feel it's great for the sport bringing literally millions of new eyeballs uh, especially women good point here even if you're a, a current fan and like you hate seeing this stuff it is good for the game it's a lot of new eyeballs it kind of brings a different demographic into things so very good perspective there and definitely definitely worth acknowledging um another thing Green, Greeny green says aaron Rodgers over travis kelsey nice that's how much people don't like this scenario paul just well, telling you all right I, lo I love the reference greeny green for those of you not in on the joke if you're new to the to the show i hate aaron Rodgers. so i get it greeny green love it another guy that you should be selling right now is joe montana and paul i want you to correct me if i'm wrong but i believe our guy lefty was this one that's that pitched a joe montana card several weeks ago maybe a couple months ago saying his cards will go up if the 49ers make a deep playoff push. The 49ers have made a deep playoff push. His cards have gone up. His entire graded mar card market is up 20.9% in the last week alone, including his 1981 top space and PSA 9, which is up almost 50% the last two weeks and over 60% in the last week. Uh, so shout out to Lefty McKee for a fantastic prediction there. He was right. Lefty still winning 2024. Sell Joe Montana cards if you got him. Yeah, Joe Montana was in the frame last night during the national anthem. And, uh, you know, to uh, Card Snatcher's point, um, when you ask who's going to win the Super Bowl, I mean, it's hard not to think of Joe Montana. So I think that, um, yeah, shout out to Lefty. I think it's a great time to sell Joe Montana. I think this is kind of a car. I've always liked the 1981 top uh, base Joe Montana. It sells really well in, like, PSA 8 and PSA 9. Um, PSA 10 is, is obviously like a massive card, like tens of thousands of dollars. Um, great player, great card, great time to sell Joe Montana and get back in. Th that's just a mass-produced card. There's a ton of them graded. So if you have that card, Connor's referencing the PSA 9 version. Yeah, up 48% up in the last 14 days, up 60% in the last seven days. You got to sell that. You got to crystallize the profits, get back in, um, in a few months, in June, that card's going to be down again. So again, that's actually a good point too by you, Connor, to bring that up because we've talked a little bit more often in our content at youtube.com slash Paul Hickey about some cards that you can just sort of buy low and sell high that are retired players. And the Joe Montana 1981 Tops base is one of them for sure. So um, good call on that one. All right, I think we buttoned up uh, the NFL playoffs pretty well there. We're going to hop into uh, my favorite sport, the NBA, and talk a little bit about the trade deadline. Uh, Paul's done a fantastic job throwing some uh, information here together for you guys to, to pick up on historical trends and see who you should potentially be selling or be looking to sell if they are moved at the deadline. So, Paul, I'll kind of let you take things away here. Yeah, so first I wanted to look at, does, does a spike actually happen at the trade deadline when a player gets traded. Cause I think a lot of times we talk about sell markers and we, we, we say that the trade deadline is a sell marker and we say that trades are sell markers and we say that free agency is a sell marker. And so I think we need to, we need to check ourselves, dial in a little bit, calibrate and determine, are we right? So I just went to last year's trade deadline and looked at some of the bigger names. So Kevin Durant to Phoenix, when that happened, his most liquid card, his 2007 Tops number two factory set white PSA 9, it's a pop 9200. It jumped from $44 to $93 when he was traded. So he's Kevin Durant. So that could, I, I thought, well, does it happen with other guys, right? So 
In that same trade, Mikel Bridges to Brooklyn, same trade, 2018 Prism Silver, PSA 10, Pop 757. So relatively, you know, re relatively findable, achievable. $47 pre-trade, $150 plus upon trade. It got as high as 176 in March post-trade due to his performance in Brooklyn and his new situation. Okay, another superstar, Kyrie to Dallas, 2012 Prism 201 base PSA 10 pop 952 achievable card, $148 pre-trade, $250 post-trade, and up to $280 in March. D'Angelo Russell, recognizable name, you know, lesser player, obviously, than Durant and Kyrie, but maybe you put him in the McCall Bridges category. 2015 Prism 322 base PSA 10 pop 546. Again, all, all sort of achievable cards here based on the price and the pop count. $14 pre-trade to the Lakers, $55 post-trade. And then finally, just looking at kind of the, the bottom of the barrel, no offense to Sadiq Bay, but you know, when you compare him to Kevin Durant, I'd say bottom of the barrel. Silver 2020 Prism Raw 284 jumped from 99 cents to $6 when he was traded from Detroit to Atlanta. And the PSA 10 jumped from $40 to $91. So when we look at the, some of those names from last year's trade deadline, we definitely see some movement there. So we kind of validate based on last year's data that the trade deadline does present opportunities. Now, Connor, I'll just quickly add that spikes during trades during the season, not at the trade deadline, do they move the needle for players? Well, here's what we found based on this year. So this current market, Emmanuel quickly traded 2020 Prism Silver PSA 10. No immediate spike at all. However, recently it's gone up to 150 and it used to be 40 prior to when he was traded. So that didn't that did not happen upon trade. But it happened post, you know, significantly post trade a couple months after. Okay. Now, Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobe and uh RJ Barrett were the other three that that you and I kind of looked at here. Siakam stayed flat. OG his graded market is down 4% over the last 30 days since the trade. And Barrett also, uh, PSA 10 Prism 2019, <laughs> didn't really go anywhere. It was a $10 card. It went up to 15 upon his trade. So, you know, while you could you could technically say that did go up, um, it that, that card is like pop 1 million and... Uh, it went back down the next, you know, the next sale was down. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you that that one went up. Um, so Connor, uh, that's the data. I think again, it has to be, I think it has to be the right player at the trade deadline. And I think to a certain extent, well, always it has to be the right card. You know, these, these are the most, this data is from the most liquid cards, significant sales for the most liquid cards. So if you were to, if you were to look at some other, 
lesser card for a lot of these players, you probably wouldn't find the same data. So I think it still has to be the right card. I think it's, think it still has to be the right player. And I think the right time for this might be the trade deadline and not necessarily just any random trade throughout the year. But what do you think? Fantastic breakdown and recap and takeaway from the scenario. Two things that Paul's basically saying. One, I think that if they are a big time player and we're talking elite player in the league, you're going to see that card spike. Generally speaking, we don't like blanket statements, but if the, the bigger they are, the more likelihood you have a chance to see some volatility in their market. If they are not a top tier name, you may be wanting to look at the actual deadline rather than trades that happened earlier. For whatever reason, data shows that the trade deadline seems to do better for players rather than if it happens earlier in the season. And obviously, this can be kind of tough uh, to track as someone, especially if you have a full-time job. Uh, you're trying to follow all these things. You're trying to see who's spiked and things like that. That's why you need to sign up for sell alerts uh, with us. So you can text sports cards to one 992 5727 We will be doing the research and we will be letting you guys know uh, when you need to be selling players based on trades, based on uh, current events and things like that. So make sure you are signed up for those sell alerts. Again, that's sports cards at one 992 5727 Absolutely. And Greeny Green adds the team that the player gets traded to matters also I, I would agree with that i mean i think if you if you get traded to a non-contender it's it should not help your market i mean there might especially because in theory non-contenders don't necessarily have the biggest fan bases i think um sometimes when you get traded to a non-contender that has a massive fan base it still could spike the market a little bit because now you've got more collectors from that team that has a big fan base that might be interested in buying the player's card because they're fans of that team but certainly the perfect storm would be if your guy gets traded to a contender with a massive fan base totally so agree and let go ahead I was just going to say, Connor, what do you think? So taking all of this data and projecting into what's going to happen in the next 10 days, the, the 2024 NBA trade deadline is February 8th. And you typically have your finger on the pulse of the NBA and the rumors. It doesn't seem like there's anything clear cut this year, but uh, is there anything that you want to talk about related to any potential moves uh, in the NBA that could indicate any potential plays that our audience might want to take a look at. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think it's there's a lot of uncertainty right now in the NBA in terms of, of moves. One guy to look at is Jonathan Kaminga, I think. Um, as of late, he's been playing great. He's got six straight games of 20 points or more. He's averaging a career high this year, 14.5 points per game, and shooting 53% from the field, so he's been efficient. Uh, he's also up lately, so he's up 5.1% uh, in his graded card market the last 14 days. Uh, and his prism base is up 75% the last month in PSA 10. So um, that's someone that could be on the move potentially. You know, a couple weeks ago, uh, he got pulled out of a game late uh, by Steve Kerr. And there was actual news reporting that he had lost faith in Steve Kerr. And obviously, when something like that hops into the news, with all the turmoil going on in Golden State, they're having a tough year. They're going to be looking to make moves at the deadline. That's something that we have heard. Golden State will be looking to make moves. Who's it going to be? We don't necessarily know. Are they going to try and stick with the old guys? Not sure. They're going to try and move out the new guys, hoping to add some more veteran leadership. We don't know. But if Jonathan Kaminga moves, uh, someone that was kind of a hobby darling when they when they started getting cards printed, I think that we could see his cards seriously spike at the deadline there. Another guy that we've talked about uh, several times throughout the course uh, of the last several months has been Anthony Simons, elite bucket getter over in Portland right now. Uh, his 2018 Prism Silver in PSA 10 is just 86 bucks right now. 
if you can snag one of these in the next 24 to 48 hours for less than $85, I think you're doing uh, something right. He's having a fantastic year uh, when he has played. Um, and I think that maybe Portland's realizing that they have a lot of guards and not everyone can share the rock. Uh, so they're going to have to move someone eventually. They need some more leadership. And I wouldn't be surprised if Anthony Simons is someone that they see that has some of the most uh, heavy trade value in the organization. And if he moves, I seriously think we'll see some spikes. He's having a good year. He's got a complete bag. Three-level score, I talk about it all the time, and he's pretty efficient too. So Anthony Simons is another name I think we could see moving. Uh, Paul, who else are we looking at moving? Well, first of all, I love those two names, and I think we let off with those two names because we think you could probably buy them right now if you're buying the right card and you're getting a deal on that card based on recent comps because even if they don't get traded, I personally like both of them long-term. I think if Kaminga stays in Golden State, I think he ends up being someone who could be the, the face of that franchise post-Steph. Um, that, that may not mean what it means right now. That may, you know, The franchise might not be as good if Kaminga's the face of it. But I still think when you have the number one player on a team um, that has that kind of reputation... Um, it does move the needle in the card market. It's all about hype in the card market. And Kaminga is still riding some pretty strong hype out of his 2021 draft status as a lottery pick to Golden State. And that does matter. So when somebody like Kaminga plays this well, um, you know, you made the point that he's up 75% over the last 30 days, his 2021 prism-based PSA 10. So I wouldn't necessarily go buy that card right now, but I would keep my eye on Kaminga and his cards as a player to potentially dip into if you get the right deal on it. I would go buy that Simons card that you mentioned, the 2018 Prism Silver PSA 10. I think that is amazingly cheap price. And then the other the other guys that I want to talk about that you asked about, I think, I think it's just worth mentioning these names. I don't know that either of them are great buys i don't i don't think that i would put them in the same category in terms of a sports card flip that i would like a simons or a kaminga but the jante murray's name has been mentioned in trade rumors up uh, you know anywhere from the lakers to other like lower profile teams his 2016 prism silver psa 10 sold for 58 dollars on december 5th it's now selling for between 130 and 150 so again i don't i wouldn't buy it's kind of like kaminga kaminga's up dejounte murray's up he's playing well both of those guys are playing well i'm not saying to actually buy them now i'm just saying if you own them and you know and you have them right now they might actually be great sells and then um buy Kaminga back in later. Uh, Murray, I would maybe sell and then just fade completely. Um, and then the second guy is Zach Levine. So Zach Levine is obviously a great individual player in a vacuum for the Chicago Bulls. Dr. Crack back in November on this show uh, recommended his uh, 2014 Prism and they're super cheap. So the photo variation PSA 10 back in November was $41.32 sales and it, it appears dr crack was on to something because right now this isn't sales data but those are being listed for between 140 and 250 dollars on ebay buy it now or best offer so it appears that dr crack was definitely on to something with zach levine i don't know if zach levine's going to get traded or not i'm not saying to buy into zach levine but if you own zach levine and you made that dr crack play I would be hoping and praying that he does get traded because then I think that you could maybe even crystallize 
that uh, that buy it now or best offer. Maybe even some of you in our audience are the ones with those cards listed, hoping for that to happen. Totally agree. Yeah, good call by by Chad, Doctor Crack. There, I I echoed it too when he, when he made the call because that I mean the Bulls have been talking about making moves and rebuilding and uh, and moving Zach Levine for a while now. So good call there. I also want to touch on Rip City Bandwagon says uh, Simons is not going to be moved. Says Anth or uh, Malcolm Brogdon might be moved. Uh, possibility for Jeremy Grant moving says the Blazers will run back Scoot Ant Sharp one more year. We don't know what we have yet and aren't in a rush to make a move. I think the important thing to take away is that there is they aren't in a rush to make a move. So if you're investing in that prism silver of Anthony Simons, you need to be not in a rush to get cash flow back because the way that we're going to see that card is either Anthony takes things to the next level, uh, which he shows flashes of that, right? So if you look back, uh, January 24th dropped 33, 6 and 5 against the Rockets. Next time or next game against the Spurs went for a 40 point double double uh, with 10 assists uh, there against the Spurs. So he has the flashes of it, but he'd have to become an elite player to get the spikes that you're really looking for, or he gets traded. So, like RIP City bandwagon, um, if he's not moved this year and it takes a while for him to move, you got you to gotta be ready to hold on to that card and not need the cash flow back. So, if you're going to invest in the card, potentially uh, don't be someone that's looking to quickly have. Uh, that cash back in your hands and be willing to wait for that sell marker to present itself. Love Rip City Bandwagon, the new name in the live chat. The audience, the family is growing. Thanks so much for the contribution there, Rip City. Keep it coming. Appreciate that. All right, Connor, great discussion there on the NBA trade deadline. Anything else you want to add before we uh, segue over to our next topic here? No, I think we've I think we've hit the mark. However, uh, we're gonna we've talked NFL, we've talked NBA. And now we're gonna talk some baseball in a couple different ways. We're gonna kick things off uh, talking about the recent Hall of Fame inductees. Paul, you've done some research here. I'm happy to cap things off, but you want to start off uh, with what we've seen from in terms of news with the with the Hall of Fame for baseball. Absolutely, we love sell markers. We're all about sell markers, and so we just talked about a couple of sell markers with those other sports and. One sell marker for baseball that we don't talk about often is the Hall of Fame announcement. So the vote is in. The 2024 Baseball Writers Association of America have spoken, and Adrian Beltre, Joe Maurer, and Todd Helton are the newest members of the Baseball Hall of Fame. Billy Wagner fell just five votes short of the 25 of the of the 75% threshold for enshrinement. So I wanted to look at what happens when this happens. Do Does card value go up upon the announcement? Does it go up upon the actual enshrinement? Have spikes happened right now? And what future moves, what, what takeaways could we have from this? Because again, when we say these things, we are not saying to go buy these guys' cards right now. And we're not saying that anything in particular is going to happen around this Hall of Fame announcement, but we want to look at the data and we want to inform ourselves of potential takeaways, guidelines that we could form into strategies and make plays in the future. So first, let's just take a look at what has happened with these guys' card markets, Beltre, Maurer, and Helton. So it looks like Maurer... Uh, his tops base PSA nine is now up over 60%. Um, so it looks like he has gone up. He's a six time all-star three time gold glove winning catcher. He totaled over 2000 career hits. His entire graded card market is up almost 20% over the last month. 
and is up each of the last 30, 14, and seven days. So it does look like, especially this top base PSA 10 and the move of 60% over all that entire time period, it looks like there has maybe been some anticipation in the baseball community about this announcement. People have been renewed in their interest of Joe Maurer. They've been buying him. His prices have been going up. And it looks like a great time to sell Joe Maurer, especially that tops base PSA 9. As far as Adrian Beltre and Todd Helton goes, it looks like Beltre never really spiked. He, his card market's down 23% in the last 30 days. It's down 18% in the last 14 days. It's down 19% in the last seven. Todd Helton spiked quickly but dropped and only had 72 transactions in the last 30 days. So he's up 17% in the last 30 days, but he's down 7% in the last 14. He's actually down 19% in the last seven. So Connor, it looks like not everybody spikes upon the announcement. It looks like, again, you got to have the right player and the right card uh, at the announcement. And, um, you know, I think that... If, you, if we were to go back and dig even further, we might be able to pick up a few little tidbits around like, does something happen around the enshrinement? But based on research I've done over the last couple of years, it's actually, there's more of an impact on the market in a positive way at the news of the announcement that they will be enshrined than, than what happens like several months later at the actual enshrinement ceremony. And so I, I wouldn't, I would expect like less of an impact, like maybe Maurer goes down and then goes back up a little bit on the announcement, but it looks like maybe I would say Beltre and Helton would follow a similar pattern where they probably won't spike and Maurer will probably go down from here and then maybe go, maybe just like a little mini, mini bump on the enshrinement. So I think that's typically what's happened. Um, not even, not even just in baseball, but with basketball and football, uh, pro Hall of Fame announcements as well. So um, I know you helped me do a lot of the research on the back end here. So um, anything else I missed or anything you would add before we maybe talk about who to look forward to in, in 2025, potentially? Fantastic breakdown. I think you pretty much covered everything. I, just a little bit to add here. I think um, you mentioned it needs to be the right player in the right card. That's the key takeaway here. It's it's almost a similar scenario to what we were talking about using the, the NBA trade deadline. It has to be the right player, the right card. Uh, the bigger the name, the more likelihood uh, that you're going to see some serious spikes. So if it, we're talking about an elite, for example, if, if Barry Bonds decided to get elect or if they allowed Barry Bonds to the Hall of Fame, those cards would spike. We can almost guarantee that, right? But it's not going to be everybody. And I talked about it earlier. This is another reason you guys should sign up for Sell Alerts because we're going to do the research. We're going to make sure you guys know what to do with these cards. And also, I think um, if you're someone... It's like, let's talk about who this applies to, right? So if you're someone that's holding on to these guys uh, in a mid, it like not, I'm not saying a mid-tier players, maybe mid-tier Hall of Famers when we're looking at, at these baseball guys, obviously fantastic players, but they're not the top of the top names that we've ever seen in the league. Uh, if you're holding on to them for whatever reason, you should be paying attention to these being a potential sell marker so that you can get them moved because when else... When, that, when the heck else are you going to see these cards spike? When are these guys going to have another marker? You mentioned the news outweighing the actual enshrinement. That's what the data suggests there. So definitely need to be paying attention to it at the very least if you have these cards and be following us uh, to make sure that you get the sell alerts there. Yeah, right player for sure and right card. And speaking of, you know, if you were to compare like Joe Maurer to this next guy I'm going to talk about, I would... 
find it hard to believe that many people would disagree with me when I say that Ichiro probably has a massive, massive, massive market compared to Joe Maurer. So Ichiro is, according to my research, eligible to be probably the number one name to be a first ballot guy in 2025. And he is, you know, obviously he's got the international market. Um, He's played professionally across some top leagues. He's got over 3,000 career hits in Major League Baseball. And I think if you combine all of his hits across his entire pro pro career he probably has uh you know quite a few more than than just the the, the over 3000 in the MLB he's a fan favorite everywhere he played Seattle New York Miami Seattle again retired in in 2019 as a mariner uh after entering the big leagues at age 27 after playing in Japan in, in 2021 and sorry in 2001 um and so Ichiro is, is a legend and I believe that um, it's going to be worth our time to do a lot of research at nooffseason.com and provide content to premium members there about opportunities to buy Ichiro cards leading up to the announcement of him being a first ballot Hall of Famer next year. And I think that is going to be the play for 2025. That's my takeaway from this. And that's probably what we're going to focus on. Yep, love it. Uh, a lot of good points as to why Ichiro is such a popular name. That international market is a huge point there. It's some, some of the same reasons that obviously Shohei is the best player in baseball, but that international market, if you go watch a game uh, out on the West Coast, they go absolutely berserk for Shohei uh, to agree that we don't really see for a lot of players from the United States there. So like you can you can physically see that manifestation uh, of hype around players when you go watch them play and it transfers over to their card market. So Love the Ichiro call. Definitely something that we will keep an eye on. And we want to dive deeper in this information to find the best way to capitalize and see if we should be buying uh, in hopes of a Hall of Fame inductee news spike uh, causing pricing increases or if it's just something where uh, if you're holding these cards, this is a time to move them. So looking forward to getting deeper into that data and talking about how to make profits. Another way that we're going to talk how to make profits is it's baseball buying season. I mentioned it at the top of the show. Dr. Crack has a way to make money buying baseball cards now. However, it's not baseball prospects, which is something we usually talk about, and it's a couple different ways that you can profit on it. The guy is Mike Trout, uh, so we're going to let Dr. Crack uh, break down how to make money on Mike Trout right now if you're holding or looking to buy. Why not talk about Trout after Ichiro? Let's go. Mike Trout, and it's I'm going to give you a bonus play here with the Mike Trout at the very end. Um, that it has nothing to do with cracking, submitting, or buying raw and grading. So stay tuned to the end of this one. It is the 2011 Tops Update, Mike Trout, card number US-175. It is his base card. There are several parallels of this card. We are chasing the base card. PSA 8, most recently sold for 350 as of January 14th. The PSA 9 sold for 459 as of January 16th. The card you're going to chase is the BGS 8.5. The most recent sale was 320 bucks, January 15th. So a BGS 8.5 at 320 bucks, a PSA 8 at 350. You're not only covering your grading costs, you're also covering your your eBay fees. You will break even on this card if it drops a half a grade. 
if that car jumps the half a grade, you're going to pick up about $150. So you get about a 50% return on your investment. But you're going to get one of the guys that is uh, this decade's best all-around baseball player in Mike Trout. The BGS 8.5 has sold 14 times in the last year. The high was $570. The low was $261. The one-year average was $319, and it's at $320 right now. So it's at its one-year average. But the high was $570, and that was a year ago. This card, if you pull up a graph on Mike Trout on this card, it does not go like you want to see if you're investing in Mike Trout. The graph goes to the right and down, not to the right and up. This card has been on a slide for almost an entire year. But here's... It got me when I was looking at the graph, it got me looking at another play here, Connor. If you didn't want to crack and submit this card, here is the bonus infomercial extra play that you get with Mike Trout. The PSA 8. In the last 180 days, now the PSA 8 sold for $350 on January 14th. But in the last 180 days, in the last six months, the PSA 8 jumps around like a yo-yo, giving you an opportunity to buy low and sell high and not need to wait for any cards to come back from PSA. Buy it, sell it, make profit on it. Here's the deal. In the last six months, 10 times, so in the last six months, this card has sold, the PSA 8 has sold uh, 34 times. Of the 34 sales, 10 times it sold for less than $300. 10 times less than $300. 14 times greater than $400. So out of the 34 plays, there are 10 of them kind of down the middle in the mid 300s, but there are 10 plays under 300 and 14 plays over 400. There is an opportunity here that when you look at this card, when there are this many transaction, transactions of a liquid player, like a, a current goat in Mike Trout, to be able to buy under 300 and sell at 400 plus, you may not want to crack and submit. You may just want to go with the PSA 8, target cards under 300, put them at, don't put them on auctions, put them at buy it nows at 400 or four and a quarter or whatever you want to do and buy low and sell high. That's your bonus play without doing anything but clicking the buy button, Connor. Great work, Chad. The two-for-one special is back. You got the option to crack this card with a, with a floor that's not existent essentially because uh, there's no risk. You cover all your fees between uh, grading fees as well as shipping and eBay fees. Um, even if you drop half a grade, then obviously there's healthy upside there. And if you don't want to, if you don't want to crack and submit this one, uh, you're at a point where you can simply time the market to make profits here. So absolutely love this play, Doctor Crack. 
in the last year, Connor, that PSA 8 had a low of $238 and a high of $632. And the $632 sale was not one year ago. It was about nine months ago. So there are opportunities in buying this PSA 8, much like I recommended and Paul, I think, reiterated on one of the shows, the PSA 8 Michael Jordan Fleer sticker card, where it often sells for under a grand and then sells again for 1200 and you could make a couple hundred bucks uh, doing it. These are the fun things when you're doing research that you come across and you stumble across and you get to share with everybody and I hope that uh, people can, our viewers can profit on some Mike Trout this year. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing when he was breaking down the buying of the Trout PSA 8 and then selling it without doing anything. I was thinking of the PSA 8 86 Jordan Fleer sticker that, that he and I have talked a lot about, Connor. And, uh, what I really want to reiterate to the audience that I think is relevant is that many of you in the nooffseason.com fam have asked us, how do I scratch the itch while I'm waiting for the sell marker? And I think if you start to layer in some of these purchases in your overall strategy throughout the year, yeah, you don't know when you're going to sell them, but to Crack's point about listing it at buy it now or best offer and not auctioning these off, basically just forcing the per forcing the buyer to buy it at the higher comp you're gonna make money and you and and it may fall in a time where you need that profit because you're weight your your card heavy cash poor waiting for the sell marker so our goal is to try to keep you moving money in and out of your of your bankroll so that you uh, you have cash flow and cards at all points in time throughout the year but it's difficult to do that. Connor, you and I talked a lot this past weekend about how to do that, how we're going to try to do that more so that we're not just card heavy and cash poor during like waiting for selling markers. And I think this is one way to potentially take a look at it. Now it takes a while to get there because you're going to have to, you're going to have to go through a year or so of acquiring these cards and you don't know when the buyers are going to pull trigger. You would assume they're going to pull trigger maybe more in like the March, April, you know, maybe if there's like, performance spikes but you don't know when there's going to when those are going to be but the safe thing is that it's Mike Trout and the safe thing on the other one is that it's Michael Jordan so you know we probably don't want you doing this for any anyone other than the goats but i mean great find by Dr. Crack and i think like i said it could be something where uh making plays like this could kind of scratch the itch in terms of buying cards without sell markers while you're waiting or other sell markers or when or when you get cash back and you want to buy cards and, and there's not any clear-cut plays for you going the safe route and uh, going with a goat this is a goat play so you know i i like it and, and I, I like the way chad you know chad brings a different perspective to the show often and he thinks about the audience in terms of what haven't we said that's important for the audience to hear so i thought this was a great one yeah, good breakdown there. And you mentioned it's a goat play. It seems like often this this type of play, like you're saying, that can scratch the itch. We're we're, we're using market uh, movements, not necessarily using markers to make profits here. Often has to be with a goat. Um, and the key here is understanding their markets, the volatility within their markets, and the seasonality. 
because you have to be able to time things right. This is a, this is a timing play big time. So we're gonna we're looking forward to finding more opportunities uh, to capitalize on in a similar fashion to, to hopefully scratch the itch as Paul's referring to. But um, good stuff by Doctor Crack per usual. Paul, if you don't have anything else, let's go ahead and hop into the Q and A. Let's go. All right, kicking things off, we've got Mr. T. This one actually isn't a question, but I wanted to touch on it. It says, looking forward to stopping by Barry Sift's table in Burbank. We are looking forward to you guys connecting. We love this kind of stuff. If you guys do connect, take videos, send pictures, uh, we want to see this interaction. And uh, I can say on behalf of me that it's awesome that you guys are reaching out and making connections with each other. Uh, what are your thoughts here, Paul? Please send pictures. This makes me so happy. Please email me pictures and I, I will tag you. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, if you don't want me to post them on Instagram, I won't, but I would assume that you do. So I would love it if you send me pictures uh, or you know, post it on Instagram and tag me and I'll repost it or send them to me and I'll post it and tag you. It just makes me so happy that the nooffseason.com fam is going to get together in person. And uh, one other thing to add, Connor, you know, we want to get together in person as many times as possible with you all in 2024. And uh, if you can't be in Nashville in March, uh, we would love it if you could be at the national with us in July in Cleveland. So any of you out there who want to work with us uh, to help us out at the national, please email me at Paul at no We're cooking up some great stuff, but thanks for sharing that. Mr. T. Yep. I echo all of that. Uh, so does Barry Siff. We're looking forward to that guys. So up next, we are going to have Tom DiCaprio says thoughts on the bears. QB situation and how to go about investing when it comes to Justin Fields and or our guy Caleb Williams. Thoughts here, Paul? <laughs> Tom, great. Love it, man. Duh, Bears. Um, well, so we don't know what the Bears are going to do, but, you know, Andy Kaysen and, and Connor and I have talked a lot about this and it's all money for all of these guys. So there's going to be so much. This, we're all about the hype, Tom. So from a sports card perspective, it's money for us because it's, it's going to be a lot of media coverage about what are the bears going to do with the number one pick? Are they going to trade Justin Fields and draft Caleb Williams? Are they going to keep Justin Fields and draft Marvin Harrison jr? Are they going to keep Justin Fields and trade the pick? Um, they could do whatever they want and I'm sure they're fielding a lot of offers and I do believe in Justin Fields as an NFL quarterback, at least for the 2024 season. I think he is he is legit. Um, he, he, you know, I would not mind building my franchise around Justin Fields as long as I had like other pieces like the Bears do to to put there. And I wouldn't put Justin Fields out on an island and expect to win games. But I do think he's a he's he's going to be a great player if he has a great supporting cast. I, I believe the same about Caleb Williams. So I think from a card perspective, um, Justin Fields is a great player to target uh, the right cards for and then flip around the NFL draft. And if there is no spike around the NFL draft because he just sits in Chicago and his cards don't move, um, I think you could probably sell him for a profit in September. Uh, if he does get traded, there could be a bump. So I like Justin Fields, like a worst case scenario as a sell-by date of 2024 if you could get his cards on a downturn this off season. Um, and I love Caleb Willie. I've loved, I've been on record. If you go back uh, a year ago or even 18 months ago, I've been buying and telling everyone to buy Caleb Williams, uh, 2022 Bowman, U Chrome firsts, first autos, 
variations, all that stuff. Even the ones I just held up earlier on in this episode that I bought out of the 2023 uh, Bowman Chrome U football, uh, we should all be able to sell all of those for a profit in April at the draft, even if he's not the number one pick. Yeah, we focus on markers a lot, Paul. And you mentioned a few different scenarios that can happen. You know, the Bears can trade the pick. The Bears can go with getting Marvin Harrison Jr. The Bears can move Justin Fields. The Bears can get Caleb Wood, whatever it may be. Every single one of those things is a marker because each of those scenarios happening would like create hype around either the team that those players are going to, the pick the players are going to, the Bears getting the pick, things like that. The Bears are a huge market, obviously. So I think both of these guys are good guys to target right now. Uh, An ultimately good breakdown there from Paul. Uh, up next, I wanted to touch on our guy Ryan Painter says W the week unloading all of his Ravens cards while keeping Mahomes and Christian McCaffrey. So timed things perfectly. Uh, was fortunate to have those teams win. But Paul, I'm on the impression he should go ahead and try and get these Mahomes uh, and definitely CMC moved right now. What are your thoughts? It depends on the card, but I think he should definitely move the C for the Mahomes. It depends on the card, but for the CMC, he needs to move all of them. Painter, let us know what you do, man. But but good work so far. Yep, agreed. Greeny Green, shout out to our guy Greeny Green, W the year so far. So far, buying Hannah uh, Hidalgo cards a month ago. Um, good job, Greeny Green. There also got Shane Graham, uh, who got himself a Drake May and Malik Neighbors Bowman Chrome U first auto this weekend. Pump for Shane Graham. We think those guys are going to go up uh, at the NFL draft. There. Um, let's touch real quick on uh, Boudini's cards and comics. Says open a box of Bowman U and got numbered cards of two projected first-round picks, Cody Wilson and Zachary Rizache. Uh, I believe is how you pronounce it, the Frenchman. Do you think I should throw these into the PSA order I'm sending tomorrow? Uh, for reference here, part that Zachary Rizache, he's like top three right now in a lot of mock mm-hmm. drafts uh, for the 2024-2025 uh, NBA draft there. So curious to see what you think he should do with these cards. I would do it. I think uh, Shane Graham put something in the in the chat to Bodini, like, why not? Yeah. Do it because there's not going to be much of a graded population for these cards. Um, there's not much of a graded population, believe it or not, for the Bowman Chrome U football cards. Um, and we're scooping these up on the cheap, all of us at the nooffseason.com fam. So, Boudini, I, I would double down. I don't think there's any downside in throwing them in the PSA order because you 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 could you might end up with a low pop PSA ten of these guys, and and the Risache could be you know a money for you because yeah to connor's point top three top five pick maybe number one overall who knows so i like it yep echoed up next we got our guy michael minnick over in germany i very much appreciate the sports card school um do all of the things i learned also apply when living outside the u.s slash canadian market example the german market being smaller paul probably no one better in the hobby to answer this question than you Michael, I lived in Spain for five years um, and I re-entered the hobby while I was living in Spain. So in late 2020, I needed to try to figure out how to navigate flipping sports cards from Spain in primarily a market driven by America. Although uh, I've attended card shows abroad and there's a growing presence. So it's not simply America. We have listeners in Australia. We have listeners in Europe. We have listeners in Canada. Um, we have uh, one-on-one strategist package clients in Canada, and so we need to help them maneuver the U.S. market from other countries. And so I would say primarily, yes, everything does apply, and we appreciate the kind words on Sports Card School. However, um, using I'll give you a quick tip, Michael. Look into PWCC 
their website is pwccmarketplace.com. But see if you can sign up for a vault address from Germany. I signed up for a PWCC vault address from Spain. It might have been because I had I used a relative's US address because at the time I didn't have a US address. So you you might need to let me know if you need a US address to actually create a PWCC vault account, but if you're able to use a US address to create a PWCC vault account, Michael, that will put you in a position where you can make the same plays that we're talking about on this show and at nooffseason.com. However, I will say there will be an offshoot of Sports Card School at some point that will cater to audiences outside of the United States and how to specifically maneuver using these vault services to make the plays that we make. So general answer is yes. More specific answer is check into PWCC vault. And then third, there will be more content for people like yourself that don't live in the U.S. So appreciate the question. Yeah, thanks for the answer there, Paul. And uh, Michael signed up for the premium membership yesterday. So Michael, appreciate you signing up and also like a great spot for you to ask these personalized questions because Paul doesn't like to give blanket statements. We want you asking all the questions. And again, Paul's a, a fantastic resource as being someone that was flipping cards while being overseas, uh, not in the Americas, that is. Um using the overflow show and nooffseason.com slash ask to get these personalized questions and you can get more granular and get more uh, detail focused answers there. So be sure to utilize that. And thank you for signing up uh, for that premium membership there. Uh, yeah. And Connor, real quick, before you go, go to the next one, one, a little bit of context I left out because Michael mentioned the German market. So because of, because of being able to have like a PWCC vault account, you would be able to sell to the American market. So you could sell to the German market locally, but you could live in Germany and be able to sell to the American market, sell anywhere. Um, and PWCC will ship. They will be your intake address that you can ship to. They will photo and log your cards in an account so that you can use the photos that they take of your cards for your listings. And then you could sell. And then when you sell the card on an online marketplace, uh, they will ship to whoever buys the card from you. So it, it puts you in a position where you can basically sell to the entire world from wherever you are in the world. Yeah, good stuff there. It's like essentially it's like a third party transportation service. They just take care of, of where it needs to go there. So hopefully that helped. Uh, Craig's Cards 11, I want to touch on this. It was a great weekend online card hunting. Snagged a Bowman Mega Orange, Jackson Holiday Auto, PSA 10 for a great price. Sounds like that's a good color match. Close to snagging a true blue auto of Roman Anthony today. Sounds like some W's to me, Paul. What do you think? Connor, I think that when you set up next to Craig's Cards 11 with me at the Nash Dational in about a month, you're going to be blown away by the, by the high-end baseball prospect cards that our guy Craig Hutton has so everybody needs to come check him out at the Nash Dational if you're looking for Bowman Chrome first prospect cards. Nobody better than Craig's Cards Eleven. So great work, man. Yeah, I'm excited to meet you, Craig. Uh, looking forward to to getting that face to face contact. And then uh, uh, good luck uh, until then moving these cards and, and stacking up more on these prospects. Uh, we're all excited to see these guys get called up uh, and the profits that everyone in the no offseason family uh, kind of stacks up together. I think that's all we got today for questions there, Paul. Did you have anything else you want to add? Great show today, everyone. We appreciate all of you. Connor and I knew we were going to be excited to come in and talk about culture collision and all of our topics, but you all are who really makes this show fantastic. So we appreciate 
all of you. I'm very excited to keep the momentum going in 2024. Uh, let us know what we can do to help you along your sports card journey. We want you making money, flipping sports cards, and then doing whatever you want with that money. Everything is allowed. We want you to enjoy the hobby and have fun. And, uh, you know, just Justin Stewart, stay tuned for more of Connor's face. We took, we took pictures at Culture Collision so that we could add Connor's face where you want it. That's, what I, that's all I got. Let's hit him with the outro. Thanks so much for being here with us on the Sports Card Strategy Show. To connect with us further, please subscribe to the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash paulhickey. Please also give us a follow on Instagram at Sports Card Strategy and on X at No Offseason Card. We also have a Discord that you could join at sportscardstrategy.com. Everyone, I'm Paul Hickey. For the rest of us here at NoOffSeason.com, have a great day. We'll see you again soon.